the LexisNexis Emerging Issues Law Community presents your Privacy Week in Review. This is Lisa Thomas at Winston & Strong with a Privacy Week in Review. Here's my top tip of the week for the first week of December 2012. But first, as always, a good lawyerly disclaimer. These are tips. They're not intended to be, nor should they substitute for legal advice, which turns on specific facts. So now, without further ado, the tips. There are actually two this week, and they're good. First, make sure you know what kind of tracking your company's website is doing. And second, look out for a light, maybe, at the end of the text-to-stop tunnel. The first tip comes from a case brought by the FTC against Epic Marketplace, a digital marketing company. According to the complaint, Epic was using history-sniffing tools to figure out what websites consumers were visiting and then categorizing users into segments. The tool works like this. If you visit a website, the hyperlink will show up as purple. If you haven't visited the website, it will be blue. Epic had technological tools that could see whether you had visited websites hyperlinked out from the sites in the Epic network. The Epic privacy policy disclosed that it would look at what sites within the Epic network you would visit. It didn't disclose that it would look at sites you visited out of the network, but that is exactly what the history sniffing made happen, the FTC said. The exact language in the policy was that Epic would track, quote, whenever you visit a website which is part of the Epic Marketplace network, end quote. According to the FTC, this was either an express or implied statement that information would be gathered only when a user visited a website in the network. And as such, the policy was false or misleading in violation of the FTC Act. That's what the FTC said. The parties have settled, and Epic has agreed to stop using history sniffing. The second tip comes from a recent declaratory ruling from the FCC. Earlier this year, a company called Soundbite Communications asked the FCC if sending a confirmation text after a consumer opts out by texting STOP violates the TCPA. As you probably know, or you should know, the TCPA requires getting consent to send a text message using an auto dialer. So if someone opts out, do you still have consent? The FCC says it thinks you do for a one-time confirmation. It says this message should be considered part of the opt-out process. The FCC took the position in its declaratory ruling that the one-time message is okay if three conditions are met. First, the message just confirms the consumer's opt-out request and does not include any marketing or promotional information. Second, it's the only additional message sent after receiving the opt-out request. And finally, third, the confirmation is sent within five minutes. Companies should remember, though, that the FCC is not the only entity that brings cases under the TCPA. The Act also provides for a private right of action, and most of the texts to stop cases that we've seen, and we've seen a fair number, have been brought by class action lawyers. It will be interesting to watch and see what their reaction to this case is. To avoid any doubt, it helps to be upfront with consumers when they first opt in to receiving texts. Explain if they opt out by texting stop, a confirmation will be sent. Again, a tip. More information about these new developments and other recent cases can be found on our website at www.winston.com slash privacylawcorner. Tune in next week for my next Privacy Tip of the Week. Lisa Thomas is a partner at Winston & Strawn's Chicago office and focuses her practice on the cutting-edge convergence of privacy and advertising law. The opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Reed Elsevier Incorporated, LexisNexis, employees or customers, and do not represent legal advice. Privacy Week in Review, a LexisNexis Emerging Issues Law Community Podcast. Copyright 2012 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated, all rights reserved.